0: Hello and welcome to the Hub Systems Podcast, the voice of Man's Model Moments, the blog of the various ramblings on modelling and gaming antics of my son and I. My name is Alex Mann and with me is my son, Oscar. Hello. Now, we've been off the air for, it's about a month now, a little bit more maybe, and a bit of an update is in order, mainly to say why we've been off the air and uh, what we're going to be getting up to. Uh, so, Oscar, what's been keeping you from
1: uh, from doing anything else but <laughs> <laughs> this, the last month or so? Well... As you obviously know, it's my GCSEs going on, so revision and tr- doing the tests. So, pretty much, uh, that's why I can't do anything else, because I'm trying to revise so I can get the grade I want. That's pretty much it, Dad. And, you know, just when I'm not revising, I'm sleeping or dying of exhaustion. So, what about you? Or playing games. Or playing games? Yeah. Shh, no, I'm revising. <laughs> Well, as for me, I obviously started
0: a new job. That's been keeping me very busy, keeping me away. Plus, we've been having our kitchen fitted, as you know. Which is so, problematic, to say the least. Yeah, it's been pretty disruptive, hasn't it? Um, we don't have a table. <laughs> no, we don't. Um, because they're doing the kitchen, they've been using the dining room to actually keep all the stuff to do the kitchen with. Dust everywhere. Uh, Washing up in the bathroom. Yeah, intermittent electricity supply. <laughs> lots and lots of stuff. So... It's been a bit disruptive, but we're kind of getting back to normal. The kitchen's been finished this week. Um, hopefully main work tomorrow, and then we've just got painting and bits. So that's all good. Work is calming down a little bit, so getting into a better regular rhythm. And even despite that, I've managed to get a little bit of painting done, because painting's quite easy to just do a little bit of and then leave it. We also did manage to get a game of Firestorm and Margarine. Which may I say, I kicked your ass. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. <laughs> I mean, we were trying some new things out, and uh, I did get my uh, ass soundly handed to me. I must say. So, yes, congratulations
1: on that. Thank you. Um, I'm going to savor it.
0: it. Doesn't <laughs> happen very often. <laughs> so, and as you, as I mentioned, you've been playing some games in your your spare time. What have they been?
1: Yes, uh, I recently bought the new Doom, which came out, which. It's really, really fun, actually. Like, lots of people were worried that Bethesda were going to screw it up because, you know, being the mother of FPS games, everyone was really sort of on edge about, are they going to ruin it? But no, actually, they did a really good job of remaking it. I think Bethesda has usually done pretty good releases. They did. They've made it pretty much how Doom was intended to be.
0: Yeah.
1: And it looks pretty violent, I must say. Mum doesn't, though. (laughs) And she doesn't listen to the podcast, so... And I also bought The Witcher 3, because I've heard some really good things about that, and it's pretty much like Dungeons & Dragons, but... It looks really nice, actually. You showed me tonight when you are taking out
0: a cockatrice.
1: Yes, that that took me quite a few
0: retries,
1: well, actually. Well, you showed
0: me yourself dying
1: <laughs> a couple
0: of times. <laughs> I mean, you did a lot of combat. You
1: looked like to be getting somewhere, but it just killed you really <laughs> easy. Oh, you should have seen when you left. I got it off to, like, it was about centimetre left of health on the board. Whack! You have died.
0: Yeah, it's pretty nasty. So, uh, we've also delved into a couple of new games. The first of which, a lot of people have heard this mentioned if you listen to JD Gamercast Galaxy Truckers. Which is really fun. (laughs) It is (laughs) one of the. uh, I can understand why they always say it's the gold standard of how fun a board game should be, uh, and it's a gold standard of measuring games against it because. I mean, we've played it with the whole family, haven't we? Oh, it's fa- it's brilliant. It's such good fun. Esther, who's nine years old. Uh, she absolutely just likes making the spaceships. She likes making them. Well, she's not great at it. <laughs> but she loves it. You, who are a perfectionist and always try and
1: make your spaceships well, very, very. Saying clean. that, there was one time where I was building my spaceship, everything was going fine, then I realised that I'd cut half of it off and I couldn't build <laughs> anymore. And it looked very asymmetrical because you didn't have an entire side. It you? looked like a B wing off Star Wars. <laughs>
0: Uh, so that's been pretty good. I Even unplayed played it, so and enjoyed it. So it's pretty good.
1: Mm. And the other one is uh, Space Cadets Away Missions, which is also quite good. I do like the models, and the best enemies are yet to come. Actually, yeah, yeah. Well,
0: we've only played one game of that, um, but again, this was uh, this was mentioned on the D6 generation, and uh, took a chance on it, and it's pretty good. Mm. So uh, we were successful in our first mission. It was pretty simple, though. Oh, is, yeah, like looking the simplest of simple things. Later on at the missions, it's like, oh my lord. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we've managed to get a few things in which don't take very much time and don't really require uh, much commitment or much room uh, because it has been pretty hectic here. But we are getting back to normality, so we should get back to a bit of a, a better and more regular podcasting schedule. So tonight we are not going to do uh, the mega hit or miss. Uh, we will actually save that because obviously we've got quite a few more weeks now. Under our belts for models, so that will be hopefully the next episode. But we can't resist doing a couple of, of new releases. These ones are going to be from Spartan Games, and therefore their new Halo Ground Combat game, which we mentioned back in the Salute episode. Uh, and they've actually released a couple of models, one of which they had actually at the show. Uh, I don't know whether you saw it. No, but I, on the I, stand, I they had a UNSC Pelican dropship in 20mm scale, which was over a foot long. It was a pretty impressive model. Well, now you're going to be able to own one yourself, because they have released, or are releasing in the summer, uh, the UNSC Pelican Dropship and the Covenant Phantom Dropship. They're £75 apiece, so not a, an insubstantial amount of change. So that's about $120, something like that. Maybe maybe 110. Depends what the exchange rate is when this goes out or, or when they're finally released. But we're just looking now at the uh, the Pelican. And they've got three different views of it. It looks like a Pelican. Uh, it's a pretty sound resemblance. Yep. Halo players will know what Pelicans look like. Obviously, Spartan have access to uh, 343's digital models, so it's going to be a faithful reproduction. I mean, obviously, they will change some bits for the casting process. Uh, just to make it easier, or to preserve
1: whatever detail and all that kind of stuff. So there's um, not too much we can say about the actual detailing of the model because we well, only yeah, have renders. It <laughs> <That's laughs> and right. it's a pelican, but yeah, it, to... it's a
0: pelican gunship. It looks like a pelican gunship. Those it, is of, a pelican gunship. it is a pelican <laughs> gunship. Yeah, exactly. Those of you who know what we're talking about will know what they are. Uh, those who don't, if you want to go to Spartan Games online store, they've got the the models there. Those and of you who don't probably aren't interested. <laughs> Now I'm going to say, who doesn't know what a can Pelican- do? Well, you know, some people don't play Halo. or haven't, I guess, oh, that uh, nice but they're no. probably not listening to this podcast. So uh, <laughs> they also have a couple of other views. One is with like a side view with a ruler in inches, and it goes from about well two inches where the the tip of the chain gun is to just under fifteen. So it's going to be a about 13 and a bit inches long, It's quite difficult to read off that ruler, actually. Yeah. Well, it's, it's indicative, I think, more than anything. So it's a big, big model. And this is going to be a resin model, multi-part. Which is uh, what we all like. They've got an overhead view of it with an Xbox One controller. Um, and if you know how big those controllers up, then are, then the They're not small controllers. It's, the they're pick. chunky controllers, and the wingspan is greater than one of those. It looks pretty impressive. And... I mean, it, it's a very, very nice looking model. And if you're a UNSC fan in Halo, this is probably
1: going to be floating a boat. And when you say this every single time, the renders never do justice and yeah. these renders look pretty good.
0: Yeah. And I mean, there are a couple of things then that you go on from this is like, no doubt that the model will be faithful to the one that they had at the show. Uh, obviously, these are pre, it's got a pending final license approval but I'm fairly sure that yeah. I mean, the production's going to go through, it'll all look smooth, it'll look great, you know, three, four, three or 5, sign off on it looking good, all that kind of stuff, which means you'll have a really nice, you know, over-foot-long Pelican gunship. Now, a uh, dropship, sorry. The next question is, this is obviously for their ground combat game, so it then becomes, is it worth having one of these for the ground combat game, or would you just buy this as a, as a model, as something to, to make... To paint, you know, weather
1: display, take to conventions and win prizes with. Personally, I would be buying this as a centerpiece, kind of just to look at and to make it look amazing, like you say. Just, but I'd spend like a long time painting this. But I don't know if I would necessarily use it in the gra- in the the game. Yeah, I mean, we could use it. You could use it as scenery. Say, put it at the back of your board or something along the lines of that. But,
0: yeah, I mean, if you go by Games Workshop standards, £75 is, I mean, it's one of their big models, but it's that's a, a model to be used in the game, right? So this isn't outside the, the bounds of possibility for in-game use, but I'm kind of with you. I think I don't know whether I would use it in-game or whether I would just build it as a model. Because you're right, I think, you know, this would weather it really nicely. Mm. It's a dropship so it's gonna get beat up, it's gonna get under fire, so you know,
1: you can do And it's reasonably large so tone. you can go in <laughs> yeah to with the detail and everything. Yeah. I just think it would be quite difficult to integrate it into the game as well.
0: Yeah, and of course at this stage we don't know what the rules are. So It'd I mean, be I, interesting to find I, out. I think for for Halo fans it's almost a no brainer to own
1: a physical model of a Pelican dropship that big. Like, again, even people who don't play the ground game, people who don't even yeah. war game like this, I would buy this just because yeah. it is. A I mean, you can imagine going to, like, the IPMS
0: model show, mm. and they have similar kits, probably smaller actually, for about the same or more money from sort of niche manufacturers of, you know, sci fi subjects. Yeah. From, not know, Thunderbirds. They're not, they're not allowed to call it Pelican. They'll call it something. Yeah, they'll be, <laughs> Yeah, Albatross. <with> <laughs> but I can see those, you know, if... I can imagine if you bought some of these and took them to a model show and sold them, they would sell. Easily, yeah. You know, because you would get people coming along thinking, wow, that's cool, I'll buy that to do as a model. Uh, not knowing anything about the Halo Grand Combat game. Exactly. If they've been stuck in a box for a while. But if you're not into the gaming scene, then, you know, maybe so. So... I think when we actually come to the hit-or-miss score, it's going to be an interesting one. But before we do that, we shall click onto the Covenant Phantom dropship. Now, of course, I am... To me, the pelican is... It's a pelican, right? It's a human
1: dropship. It looks, it looks kind of okay. Obviously, the alien but one's going to look better. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that Covenant stuff. Since um, when, in any sci-fi thing, have humans made cooler ships <laughs> than aliens?
0: Yeah, that's one thing we know about the aliens when we finally meet them, is they'll come in cooler ships.
1: If they nah, go, nah knowing, knowing our luck as humans, it'll yeah, come as like squares. It'll yeah, <laughs> sure. be the Borg. That's cool though. <laughs> so, so the Covenant Phantom Dropship again is a Covenant you, Phantom you know, Dropship, exactly. To be honest, I have to admit I've never seen one of these from the front. They've always been dropping elites on me, so I've never actually seen the You're top generation
0: going away firing
1: at you as they leave. <laughs>
0: but it's a nice looking model. I it does um, look very nice. I, I guess the I mean, this is probably a little bigger than the Pelican, uh, which wouldn't be surprising. It's obviously got very complex curves on it, and it's impressive from the render how Spartan have managed to, to get that. And the detailing
1: on it, again, it's very nice. Yep. Yeah. Uh, again, it's, you know, as big as two Xbox controllers. The majority of it is wider that's, than an Xbox controller.
0: Yeah, that's the kind of main body. It looks pretty good. And you know, I'm really interested to see this
1: in resin because they certainly didn't have one of these. And uh, again, absolute. this is going to be something that you can paint up really nice. You can make it look completely like it and then present it because that will look impressive.
0: Yeah, yeah. And depending on how it's built, especially knowing the Covenant technology, if you've got some LEDs and sort of put them in to make it glow. Oh, yeah, good, that would that would. That would probably look good too. So then we come to
1: the hit and miss scores. I think actually just before this. The models are um, interchangeable, right? You can change the position of these back wings, right? Well, we don't know. I presume so. They're they're counted as multi-part resin models. Because as it might not make such a difference on this, the Pelican, you could do one landing. Oh, the... Now, look, the wings. Yeah, because they have multiple positions. So that's another question.
0: Yeah. So it's a bit difficult, really, to to make
1: uh, too many judgments. What do you think, Oscar? Hit or miss? Now, I don't know how well, this will fit into the ground game, or if it'll... You know, it'll probably go into the ground game somehow. I'm a bit confused about how it'll do that, but, you know, it'll probably find a way and it'll probably work. But I'll probably give this more of a hit as being more of a... having one because it is a Phantom Dropship and because you can paint it up nicely, to have this physical representation of one more than anything else. More than that for it for the game.
0: Yeah, I think... having I mean, conceptually and as models, I think they're definite hits. Uh, i I think, actually, the pricing is, it's about right, I would say, for a model of that size made in resin. You know, it's a big resin model price. So it's, it's quite a substantial investment, which kind of then leads back to, is it an in-game asset? And when you're thinking the Halo Ground combat game is £65 for the, uh, what's it called, the Battle of Reach.
1: This is paying more. And this is paying that. more for a single model, which we don't know how it will integrate into the game. Or if it'll add anything beneficial. I mean, the point of a dropship is to put uh, is to put uh, troops into the battlefield, but yeah. I don't mm. think you're going to have a board big enough for them to be useful. Well, I guess they come on, they drop them off, and then they go.
0: So, I mean, if you don't have these, I believe there's going to be a mechanism to be able to do that anyway, Game from what Neil was saying in Sparta. So, I don't know. And is it the right time to release those when we don't know those things? Will Spartan tell us? Because at the moment, these are just shipping summer 2016. They
1: haven't given us a release date, just a time frame. They are giving us very little information for the price that they're asking, I'm assuming. Yeah, so, I mean,
0: for dedicated fans, I'm sure they will go ahead and buy this uh, pre-order, you know, and not care, really. And I think that's probably where, for me, it's a hit. Definitely. As you said, in the modelling aspect if you're a fan and you want the Covenant Phantom job shit, let's face it, this is the only horse in town. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good one. (laughs) Yeah, um, and you're probably not going to be disappointed with the quality of the model you're going to get. it's not from Spartan. Yeah, it's not like it's a manufacturer you've never heard of, who are sort of doing this in their back room, you know, first time casting, all that kind of thing. And even if you got, say, a miscast one, you know Spartan's customer service is second to none, so you'll be able to get a replacement. So, it's a safe bet in that circumstance if you're buying it
1: with a view to i need this for the game i think you're probably barking at the wrong tree probably be best to wait give it give it some uh test runs and some reviews to come back in yeah yeah but so i think for me it's a hit but it's just scraping in there
0: as a model rather than overall because we just don't know enough yeah
1: which isn't a negative it's just a lack of Information. information And considering they're not out yet, so I'm we're sort of... <laughs> <laughs> we're prejudging this, but we want to talk about them because they're
0: exciting. So Exactly. So for overall... It's a hit, Overall, definitely. So two hits, so it's a hit. So go over to the Spot and Games website, have a look at that if it interests you. And uh, if it interests you enough, buy them. Uh, and then tell us what they're <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, now on to the main topic, which is a bit of an update on Firestorm Armado. So we've not really talked too much about Firestorm as a main topic for a while.
1: Yeah.
0: And there have been a number of races which have had new ships, some with new stats. And we just wanted to go over those as a kind of gentle breaking back into our podcasting rhythm. So three races that we're going to be talking about are the Zelosians, the Syndicate, and Omnidine Special Operations. So the Zelosians obviously part of the Alliance uh, of Karak, the Vultures, as they're And we did mention them uh, previously on our salute episode. Yes. The Syndicate and OSO are both part of the Marauders and Mercenaries, and they do have some new ships uh, as well. So, let's start off with the Zelosians. The Zelosians have a new box, which is the Zelosian Frigate and Escort Group, featuring some new ships, the Escorts. We've not seen those before. And this is the Larshan class
1: Escort. Which I'm very excited for. So, you actually played these uh, at Salute. I did, and I I really liked how they played, actually.
0: And since then, uh, Spartan have updated the Alliance of Karak fleet manual, even though they didn't actually announce it. But it is updated, and the Larshan is there. It is the last ship in the entire PDF. And the Escort is fairly standard. It's DR3-CR5.
1: 10 inch movement. Which is actually quite slow for an escort, isn't it? Well, it's. I mean, it's bad average. Yeah, I've been playing to too many Akron's. Let's <laughs> go 12
0: or 13. Uh, so, two hull points, two crew points, no AP, only a single PD, which for an escort. is going to be problematic. It's pretty rare. Cost 20 points. It does have a shield. So, DR3, CR5 with a shield is pretty survivable, actually. Doesn't have wings. Turn them at zero, as you'd expect. And now here's the good bit. It has a four fixed beam weapon, which you might also have guessed from the fact that the model has a very obvious aperture for a weapon. And it on fits the, the background. And it fits with the rest of the fleet very well. So the four fixed weapon is 3-2 in 10 inches and 20 inches. It has difficult target and reinforced four, which again adds to its survivability. So now from the front, it's a 4-6 with a shield. That's as tough as a standard Terran cruiser. (laughs) But it has (laughs) a difficult target, so it actually makes it more More survivable. It has hard point options, which is pretty unique for escorts. And the hard points are pretty interesting. The first one adds one PD, so it then has a two PD escort, which is still pretty low. But it does increase the survivability. Yeah, especially for a gun escort. The second one... And
1: the most interesting by far is you can actually change this to become a corvette. Which is very, very different from everything else we've actually seen because yeah. there isn't really much which can change class completely. No. And it also
0: explains why they've got a frigate and escort group with six escorts in there because without that, you're looking at this box and thinking, well. I'm not going to play six escorts in a game. Yeah. Am I going to use escorts at all? And am I ever going to use six? Why am I going to buy a box with models I don't want? Actually, I might cut in here because playing them in the game, they were a brilliant asset. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So changing the designation to a Corvette bumps their movement up to thirteen inches, which is a whole three inches, which is which is pretty good, pretty significant. Uh, The squadron size changes from one to three to three to six, and they also gain the energy transfer beam one more, which increases
1: their beam weapons to.
0: 4-3, three, three. which is, again, pretty good. So it really changes the the face of these things and really gives you quite a, a nimble and quite a swarm-type uh, small to have. Which, let's face it, the Zelosians have a lot of heavy-hitting beam weapons, 4 fixed beam weapons. But Slow they have moving. the same problem that the Dindrenzi have, exactly. Slow-moving... Turning like a shopping cart. Difficult to line up those things, especially when you get close. Now, the don't suffer too badly because they do get port and starboard broadsides. Which helps, yeah. Which definitely helps. Um, But it is also nice to have that little added bit of having your little zippy ships that go around around blasting stuff. Which actually have an impact. (laughs) So the the frigate is um, an. Equivalent cost. What this gives you beyond that is the Corvette's actually more survivable with its difficult uh, target and having the reinforced four. The frigate only has a difficult target. Same stats otherwise. The DR3, DR, uh, CR5 with a single shield, a single PD, and the single PD as well.
1: Obviously, the Corvette's slightly faster, but the frigate's weapon systems are increased because they have a starboard port and a better and also for Range three. So, and their
0: squadron size is obviously one ship less. So, the last chance relying more on the pack aspect um, and getting in close because their best range band is the range band one. With the energy transfer one, it's actually four attack dice in that range band one, it's only three.
1: And, and both of course,
0: being c- beams, they will roll ones in
1: that. They do cost the same amount as well.
0: Yeah, so you've got a lot of flexibility there. You've got two small ships which do slightly different things. Okay, so that's the Seleucians. Next up, we have the Syndicate. Now, the Syndicate stats haven't changed.
1: We've not seen any difference in the Syndicate stats at all. It's probably good not to mess around with stuff, which <laughs> has been solid, you know. But what has changed is the models.
0: So the Syndicate have two boxes uh, released. One is their Patrol Fleet. And their Patrol Fleet actually is slightly different from, from most... In that it features the Spur Class Battlecruiser. And this is actually a different model. So all the models in the Syndicate um, line are actually new. So we have seen uh, Syndicate models before. We saw the Battleship. We saw the Battlecruiser. But they've actually gone back
1: and redesigned them. Um, They're very much in keeping with the old ships. They're just slightly nicer. (laughs) Just added the extra added detail. Yeah. Which I say looks very sleek. Yeah, they are... Probably the best-looking ships in Firestorm. I think I think we can both agree on
0: that. By far and away. And if you get a chance to go to the Spartan Games website, the studio models that they have on one of the little revolving banners are just amazingly gorgeous. <laughs> it <laughs> is fantastic. So, yes, the getting back to the patrol fleet, you've actually got the Spur-class battlecruiser, and then you have two of the Wraith-class gunships, which we've not seen before, which are gorgeous models. I really, really like the Wraith. It looks uh, a bit like a deadly manta ray in reverse. Oh, it's it's <laughs> it's, uh, it's so cool. It is very very nice. And then you have five shadow class frigates, which have been. But they look like mini spurs, don't they? They look like a spur battle cruiser has been miniaturised and look, made to look cool. <laughs> <laughs> so they are really really nice. Five is an unusual size for a number of frigates because their squadron size is actually three, one to three. So, what you're actually gaining here is a single squadron of frigates, and and two accompaniments for the for the battle cruiser because the battle cruiser can actually take not to two frigates as an accompaniment. So that really beefs it up um, in terms of the weapon systems. But then again, um, you've only got three squadrons. But you only do have those three squadrons, um, or you can have two. Squadrons of frigates, one of which is on the strait. Yeah, so. I think we're going too deep. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> and then the other bit, which again is slightly unusual, is the second box has a battleship and five frigates. Uh, I haven't looked at the battleship yet, and it is magnificent. It is. I mean, again, they've redesigned it. They've made it look even
1: sleeker than it did before. I was going to say, looking at the old model, I have to say I didn't like the old model compared to the. Uh... Uh, the, the Battle Carrier, because... I don't think it's a Battle Carrier, Battle it? Cruiser. Battle Cruiser, sorry. Um, I don't think it looked that nice, because it wasn't as sleek, it didn't have as much smooth curves to it and stuff, but looking at it now, it, it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it was one of the best-looking ships in
0: the game before. Now they've just made it look even more sleek, more sexy, more deadly. It just looks really, really nice. So... Again, it's five frigates which are a single squadron of three Um, plus the two accompaniments. And so these two boxes together really give you the two large ships, the medium slot, two squadrons of frigates, and the accompaniments for the largest. So the two boxes together really give you a really solid Yeah, you're looking at quite a brutal face. Yeah. So it's nice to see that and I think the boxing strategy um, you know, going in and giving you the accompaniments as well is is quite nice. Because otherwise you'd be if you had six, you'd have well I've got two squadrons, or I've got a squadron plus some accompaniments and a spare ship. If you've got both of them you got you could have quite a lot of different choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that is the Syndicate. So we fully approve of those. And last on the list are Omni Special Operations. Our favourite the... people. <laughs> well my favourite people. I hate them. <laughs> So, Omnidyne Special Operations is the sort of reimagining of Omnidyne. Um, so, they've, uh, they've got a bit a bit sneakier. And uh, obviously, the Syndicate are the head of the Syndicated Traders League, now that the Syndicate have gone a bit more legit. <laughs> so, Omnidyne actually have four boxes. So, they're getting a bit greedy. <laughs> some of these ships are familiar to us. So, the first one is the Dreadnought Group. And that brings us the, the dreadnought, the foundry class dreadnought. The biggest dreadnought in the game. Which pretty much I don't think has changed. It looks as it did before. What you do get now, however, in addition to the, the SRS tokens, which you didn't get before when this was in a blister, um, are two synergy class corvettes. And the synergy class corvettes, have changed. They are now all resin. They're a little bit bigger than the, the previous ones, but they are very much in keeping with the old designs. They just It'd don't be quite like as skinny, really. Yeah, yeah. So the Dreadnought group is um, is pretty standard, really. That's the, the Dreadnought and its escorts or the components in this, in this case. Next, we have the patrol fleet. And we see some familiar models again. Here we have the gunships. So we have three... Ordered class gunships. Now, I believe these are slightly tweaked models. Once again, so we're getting a little bit of the syndicate treatment. Uh, they are slightly different from the the old models. We're getting six of the corvettes, again the new resin ones, and then the battleship. And the battleship is basically one of the side sponsons from the, the dreadnought. However, what we saw before with this ship in the pictures on the Spartan website. Uh, before you could buy it, uh, was it just had a single, one
1: uh, well, of the metal rings, and it was put on a stand, and that was it. And they tweaked that by adding sort of another half ring underneath. Yeah, so now it
0: has a half ring at the top, and then it has a half ring which sort of attaches oh, is that to half ring at the top? Yeah. It I, I the whole didn't actually long. see that. So this is a, a bit of a departure, um, and a bit of an update for this. I'm not sure I like it, but as you see, see everything <laughs> broadcaster
1: understanding justice, so who knows? Yeah, so I'll reserve judgment until we actually see the, the models but I'm the, actually gonna go with you because I thought that was a full ring. And No, it's only a half ring. Ah oh, see that might cause issues for me. You see? You can see it more in the yeah.
0: there's a couple of shots on the spot on the site. That's that's what shows it more. Okay. Now up until now all of those models we'd seen before, even if we weren't able to purchase them. What we also have in addition to these two are two extra boxes. The reinforcement group, which is the same name that we've had for all of the task force ships. That's what they were all called for the Firestorm uh, the reinforcement groups. And we have a support group, which we've seen in other, other fleets as well. Both which include models, which we haven't seen before. That's right. So the first of these is the support group. And the support group comes with, you guessed it, six... Synergy <laughs> so class frigates, uh, which we've seen before, and a new model, which is the cruiser. So just a, a straightforward regular cruiser.
1: It has the full ring. Thank God, <laughs> not, no, no, not the half, no, ring. half things. Um they look good. Uh, I can't say that there's much change from the gunship. They just look a little bit more rounded. Well,
0: they, they're a little bit more chunky. They've got a bit more heft on the on the, the back, engine, yeah, and at the front. A nice model, I'm not saying it's not. Well, at the front it looks more like the battleship. See, it's got this structure yeah, here rather than that that's flat true. part which the, the gunship has. So this is the Leverage-class cruiser. Now, we have actually seen some stats for these. And they're interesting. They bring slightly different things to the gunships. So they have port and starboard beam weapons, uh, which do go all the way to 40 inches. Uh, they have the option to buy cyber warfare weapons or torpedo weapons in the same way that the, the gunship does. Um, not quite as hefty, but still still there. Or they have they also have an upgrade to, to boost their shield. Uh, other than that they're fairly standard four seven DRCR, uh movement eight inches, standard four hull points, um CP four, AP two, PD three, so fairly cruiser, normal stats. Yeah. But of course there are squadron size of four. So that gives them a bit again, a bit of bit of heft there as well. And that goes in with, with Omnidyne because their squadron sizes do tend to be on the, the larger side. Next up, we have the reinforcement group. And the reinforcement group has two new ships. And in the vein of the reinforcement groups that we've already seen, we have a light cruiser, the representative, and we have an escort carrier, which is called the Paradigm. So the Paradigm has kind of these pods on the side, a.k.a. Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) (laughs) I think it looks very cool. And, yeah, it does look pretty cool. Um, But it's got
1: a half ring, I've just noticed. And
0: all of these ships have half rings. And, in addition, you get the six Synergy Corvettes. So, if you didn't have enough Synergy Corvettes now... Well, oh my you god, do. you are going you, you to have Synergy a lot. Corvettes now. Um, but you can just start throwing them at the opponent <laughs> if you. But Synergy Corvettes do come in squadron
1: sizes of six, so, you know, you need quite a lot anyway. This is the first non core faction to have a reinforcement group, it if is. we're going to call all of them, that's just loose terms. So. The Ongardine—they're a special treatment at this point in time.
0: At this time now, so maybe that will actually—maybe this is a hint. Maybe the others will get it. Maybe so. And these are modular ships as well, because it has parts are included to make four medium-sized ships. So, you switch for details. So, the—and you can see from the renders the the representative light cruiser is the same model that then has this second part put on top. So I'm presuming there'll be magnetization points in the same way that we've seen for the other reinforcement group ships, so that you can interchangeably make them light cruisers or escort. Again, carriers. adding a lot of flexibility to your fleet. Exactly. So, and again, we have seen some some stats for these. So, the escort carrier is very similar to the uh, to the standard cruiser. Uh, four, seven, 7 inches movement it does have five hull points, so a little bit a uh, little bit more there. CP five. So more in the way of crew <laughs> one useless AP one AP so obviously it's not a boarding ship <laughs> three PD and in a squadron size of four that's going to make it pretty resistant to, to torpedoes has beam weapons also has torpedo weapons
1: but just standard torpedoes uh, it does have deck crews we're seeing that on more of the reinforcement ships and you, you were saying how oh, the PD's quite good it's got a hard point to add one PD which makes it pretty much you know torpedo vulnerable <laughs> And plus one shield
0: rating. But again, if we're going to see... So the squadron size here is two to four. So it has two wings, so that means you can get eight wings. Now that makes it a little bit more useful. It with also all of with this survivability added onto it. Yeah, it, you know, it means it you can get quite a hard squadron to take down. Two squadrons of four bombers, or two squadrons of four fighters... Squadron of six bombers and two interceptors, which maybe. I'm pretty sure the majority of you know how big of an impact that can have. Yeah. Or you could run with assault shuttles. You could, you know, and that would make up for the lack of AP on the on the ship itself. Don't do that. I hate assault. <laughs> well, and that would back up sort of the rest of the the fleet having assault robot torpedoes, degrading crew. So it, I think it adds quite a lot more. Also, if you've got that kind of PD adding an Escort Carrier to another ship so we don't know what accompaniment options that these will have.
1: Ah, If ah, you could add one something. of these
0: with 4 PD you know that's it's going to be adding quite a bit there. Now, just from that defensive part um, the other
1: option of course here is to add a shield.
0: Actually so, that's got a good point yeah, escort, that will, shield.
1: that'll make it quite good late game unless you're quite unlucky because if you're going to focus on one you've still got quite a hefty amount of PD if you're accompanying something yeah. Also, the torpedo weapons are pretty good.
0: I mean, they're a five-five-four-four four, with a squadron size of four. That's an impressive amount of torpedoes you're going to be throwing a out. Hefty amount, actually. That's twelve for ten, so for full squadron. So, and you can give the torpedo weapons biohazard, oh, so which again, we all love, don't we? Coupled
1: with assault <laughs> boats, that can be quite a nice combination. I was just saying reinforcement, they just add so much flexibility. It's, it's, yeah. it's fantastic. The other
0: thing is these are forty points apiece. So, with wings, 50 points. That's 200 points a squadron. So, it's not that expensive. It hurts me that you're getting this. So, you know. (laughs) So, it gives you certainly more stuff. And then we move to the light cruiser. Now, the light cruiser is cheap as chips. Yeah. So, it's a sub-40 point model. DR4, CR6, 10 inches of movement, so it's fast. Only has three hull points. Which we've seen for a lot of the light cruisers. CP3, AP1, PD2. Has a shield. So, in terms of survivability, it's, it's, it's not, not bad. It's not bad. I mean, it's a light cruiser. It's sub 40 points. So, you know, the Terran Hermes is a 4 6 with a single shield. Okay, mm-hmm. it has an extra hull point. But that's reasonably more expensive. Yeah. Uh, it has port, starboard, beam weapons which are in fact exactly the same as the the Escort Carrier. Uh, Difficult Target. Now that instantly makes it more survivable. For the amount of points that you're spending on it. Yeah. So uh, it can take an additional PD
1: for free as a power point, or it can gain Pack Hunter's mark. Which, again, makes it more dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. And And if that (laughs) wasn't enough... (laughs) You can give the... The weapon's biohazard give the beam weapons, back has it. So With pack hunters? Yep. And a squadron size of four that's, for a cheap cost. That's easy, easy money. <laughs> that's what, I suppose, it sort of suits what the,
0: the faction is. Yeah, well, I mean, I could see buying two boxes of these to be honest, and running two full squadrons of four. Don't do that. <laughs> so, I mean... I'm not a huge fan of the model. I think it looks a little bit skinny. But it's a light cruiser, so...
1: And personal preference. It's it's alright. I'm not hating it.
0: But I really do like the escort carrier model. Definitely, yes. But I don't know whether I'd run the light cruisers more for their utility. I don't know what... I guess it would depend on what accompaniment options the reinforcement... uh, Sorry, the escort carriers have. And just the style of play. I'm not used to running that kind of squadron. If I was to run a full squadron of four of these, just getting used to how they would play, I think it would take me a few games to work out exactly how I
1: use them. Yeah, considering you're quite an offensive...
0: What do you mean? <laughs>
1: I find you offensive. Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I had to get that one. In. <laughs> you did. That, that was a dad pun. It was, definitely.
0: <laughs> so... Yeah, it's I mean it's certainly the first Marauders and Mercenaries
1: group we've seen expand out to this sort of size. Which in a way is quite good because you always see the lesser factions have fewer amount of models. So in a way it's kind of good that they've got this flexibility because it adds like a better more style of play. I know that all of the side factions are getting more models and stuff, but it's quite good that everyone's getting this flexibility now because it really adds to the the, the way you can play different fleets.
0: Yeah, and one of the things that I think, I don't know whether Spartan are waiting to do the, or have been waiting to do the pathogen to get that kind of, to be able to do them justice, to get that kind of variability in their modelling before they release them. It's quite a tricky subject though, isn't it, really? The pathogen, quite a difficult concept. For for modelling-wise, yeah, I think so. But I think the way that they've been doing the modular stuff recently, I think, gives them that kind of option. I think they could release I'd be very excited I think a lot of people would be very excited to see the pathogen um you should but just with get this like modular a, stuff I think they've got yeah. some real I think everybody said well you could get some maybe packs to adapt other ships um you know to represent your captured ships or whatever that is or that would go onto the magnetization points of the other reinforcement group
1: things maybe you could just have your bigger ships for example dreadnoughts and battleships fully pathogenized and just have them as disgusting, sort of. (laughs) Yeah, so interesting to see what what that brings. Everyone is hoping that they come sooner or later. The other two
0: factions, of course, that we've not seen anything for yet are the Traders and the Corsairs. And both of those, I mean, not not so much the Traders, the Traders have a lot of ships, um, but they are smaller, kind of normal, adapted civilian stuff. I, um, I like this civilian on, I think it looks very really cool. Actually, whereas the Corsairs have a lot, yeah, you know, a huge amount of versatility in their fleet building. So, again, it'd be interesting to see is that reflected in the way that they build the models. So, yes, we shall see. And the last part, I guess, is we're still waiting on version three. Oh, it's exciting! So, although they've hinted at version three, we've not actually seen anything anything for it or have a hint of exactly what it's going to bring. So I guess speculation is still out on, on that one.
1: Oh, it'll be exciting if it does happen though.
0: Okay, so that was our uh, our little roundup of the current happenings or recent happenings in Firestorm Armada. Um, we wanted to just ease ourselves back into the, the podcasting so With that, I think we're coming to the end of our episode. We wanted to break ourselves back into the rhythm of doing podcasting quite gently, and just having that little roundup of those three races, uh, what they've been up to and what Spartan have done for them over the past uh, few weeks, it is a good way to to get ourselves back into it. Hopefully
1: next time we will have a much bigger and broader episode. Which I'm looking forward to, because I saw some of the hit-and-miss lists, and we've Going back to Warhammer. (laughs) Everyone loves games.
0: of I don't know whether we just do Age of Sigmar or just say it's a big miss for everything. Spoilers, guys. (laughs) Age of Mismar. (laughs) So, actually, when you mentioned Age of Mismar, you went to see Captain America Winter... Not
1: Winter Soldier. Civil War. It doesn't matter what it's called, (laughs) because I couldn't give a crap. (laughs) Like... You know what, I'm going to give credit to the CGI, because it's really amazing, but I, my friend, one of my friends, he loves Marvel, he's insane about it, you say one wrong word about that and you're not friends with him for the rest of the day, and I hate Marvel. <laughs> I like Marvel when it takes, like, the piss out of itself, like Deadpool or Ant-Man, because they're pretty fun. Ant-Man was good. I really
0: Ant-Man was really Ant-Man's in it. I've sure. not seen Deadpool yet.
1: Uh, but Captain America, uh, I've always thought it was stupid. (laughs) Apologies to our American fans. Yes. (laughs) If you like it, then fine. I can see the appeal. The action's actually quite good. The Black Panther's pretty cool. Why doesn't Iron Man make a suit out of Black Panther's suit? Because it deflects bullets. None of it makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's stuff derived from a
0: comic book. It's not meant to make sense. Fair enough. (laughs) Let's end it here. (laughs) Well, the other thing is, of course, we've been watching *Walking Dead*,
1: which I'm gonna say I was pretty. Did you? I was being pretty negative about it last time we talked about it because it was. I was just like, oh god, you know, it's not gonna be that good, and I take it all back. (laughs) Well, we watched *Fear the Walking Dead* first, didn't we? Which was really good. So we're looking forward to the the, the first season. episode of Walking Dead. though, was a lot more intense than the whole of Fear the Walking Dead, and Fear the Walking Dead was really good.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a bit of a slow burner, wasn't it? The, the but the it Walking sort of Dead. had to be in a way. Yeah, of course. Otherwise, it'd just be the Walking Dead yeah. prequel. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's been good. It so has been we're weird. what halfway through episode um, season, season
1: two. two. Um. So yeah, that, that's been pretty good. So, oh one thing that did annoy me though, I was looking through Facebook and it was talking about a Walking Dead live horror maze and you know what, you know, Facebook and social media sites just feel the need to put clips of really important things that happen later yeah, on in series. Yeah. So I've got a couple of spoilers. Yeah, well <laughs> this
0: is one of the reasons that social media is best avoided sometimes.
1: That is true. I, I must admit,
0: with all of the stuff we work in kitchen things, social media is one thing I really haven't missed. Anyway, on that little note, let us end this episode. Thank you to everybody for your time and for listening to us. Mm, Rabble, ramble on. about Random stuff as we do. So, signing off from the Hub Systems, it's Alex. And Oscar. We'll see you next time.